Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is an entrepreneur and endurance athlete. He's a founder of The Garage Gym, currently based in Westfield, New Jersey, but soon to be expanding through New Jersey and beyond. When not running physically or running the garage, he's chasing hard things to do, spending time with the people he loves, and pushing his limits to find what's possible in all areas of life. Kieran Williams, welcome to the show, man. Wow. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Man, I'm glad uh, we can make this happen. We've been we've been uh, bouncing back and forth for a few weeks trying to schedule it with our busy schedules, but we're here. Been too long anyways, too. We, this was overdue off the podcast, too. Yeah, uh, it really was. Yeah. Well, well, listen, we invited you to a couple extreme events and... Uh, you 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 had a conflict or two. I think a wedding, right? A wedding was one of them. I had a wedding, not mine. Yeah, uh, but I did go to a wedding. Yeah, it's funny, man. Life changes, but I missed. I saw the pictures. I saw the videos. It looked epic, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. And one thing I just want to say, you know, the reason why we connected was what I just spelled out. You know, with you, you know, the fact that you're chasing hard things to do, and and. That's where we met. We met at a at a place, actually Jesse Itzler's, what second, third, fourth, fifth home, whatever it is, in, in the mountains of of Georgia, and he put on what's called a driveway to hell half marathon, which had a sixty six thousand foot elevation gain, and uh, we were both in the BYLR, you know, coaching program with Jesse, and that was the first running event I've ever did, and and I meet I meet yeah. this gentleman here, Karen. Williams. And um, I'll, I'll talk about how, how we met because you, you met my partner previously. But this marathon kicked my ass. I mean, it's the first time I ever did it. And I, I'm just glad I finished. And I think you placed, you were second the whole time. And I think you ended up third, right? Last, last third, towards yeah. the end. And you, you got the race, uh, Ken <laughs> Rideout. <laughs> how cool was that experience? 
That was fun, man. For a lot of reasons, that was a lot of fun. And we can probably dive into the fine-tuned details of how that all played out, how I wasn't even planning on running hard, how I wasn't supposed to run hard. But then I got there, the stars aligned, and I left it out there. Uh, what a cool experience, man. <laughs> I thought we were going to like like jog together, and then you lapped me, I don't know, seven so times. I, or... to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to walk it, man. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so cool. But I, you know, I started out fast, hard, and for a couple, and I'm like, oh my God, this is really tough. And I was only two, two laps in. <laughs> it's sneaky, man. Especially, it's always so funny. I've been doing the endurance stuff for a little bit. And like, you'd think that I have like a pretty good grasp on like elevation profiles. So when you hear that number of elevation, most folks who know what they're doing are like, wow, that's a lot. I'm like, whatever. Like, like let's just run it. And maybe it helps me and it also hurts me a little bit, but I kind of like approaching it with that maybe a little bit of naivety as far as like whatever the number says, like we're still going to run it. So it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> yeah. You kill it. We're going to get into that a little bit more, but you know, I thought I was prepared for something like this, but, but when you're talking 6,000 elevation gain and you're trying to continue to push and, and run and jog, it's, it's, it, yeah, I felt it for many weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Prepared, man. You, you did but, the thing. Yeah, but I finished. It was good. It was a really cool experience, especially with the the uh, ice baths and they had the sauna at the top of the mountain. Like the, he did a really hell of a job with it. It was cool. So before we get into some of your entrepreneurial things that you're doing and 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 where you're taking you know things, which is really cool, I want to go back to after high school. You decided to go to Rutgers University in Newark. You have a bachelor's of business administration, logistics materials and supply chain management. What did you want to do with that degree? Where was your head at that time with where you want to take your career? That's a good question, man. And I can I can tell probably a pretty funny story how I ended up in supply chain management, which spoiler towards the end, like I'm not really in now, but I guess it's probably part of being an entrepreneur in supply chain mm -hmm. management. So I went to go play soccer at Rutgers Newark. So Rutgers Newark mm -hmm. is the division three school of Rutgers New Brunswick. Okay. Most folks are familiar with Rutgers New Brunswick. I went to go play ball at Rutgers Newark. When yep. I went on like my campus visit with the coach, I brought both my parents. We were very excited to see the campus, meet the coach, see where I was going to be. I think at that point I had already committed. And um, I was accepted to the business school. And I, I remember vividly sitting down on the other side of the coach's desk. It was me and it was my mom on my left or my right, and my dad on my left or my right, one other. And they're talking about business school degrees. They said, you can go into finance, you can go into accounting, you could go into this, that, the other. And supply chain was one of them. And I remember him saying that the supply chain management degree had the highest percentage of like job placement at a college. And I remember both my parents just being like, like, that one's it, man. I'm like, that sounds cool. I was like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I love playing soccer. Like I was a half decent kid. I like school was easy enough in high school. And I was like, supply chain sounds pretty cool. Like, if I can get a job, why not? <laughs> and that was the, the genesis, man. I chose supply chain, got a degree. We'll dabble into a little bit probably later as far as what I ended up doing in that world. But how I got into it was like I heard that you could get a job doing supply chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you believe most kids go to college not having a clue what they want to do? 100%. Yeah. yeah Myself I included. I do too. It's always funny, man. I, I'm fortunate to have I mean, it's just the perspective of going through college and now the blessing of doing what I'm doing now. 
I'm one of 18 cousins on my mom's side. And a lot of them are in college, about to be in college, or like shortly out of college. And like, I don't know what I want to do. What the heck am I going to do? I'm like, listen, bro, chill. I was like, it's all good. I was like, figure it out. Like, try some stuff, do some stuff. You'll find stuff that you like. You find stuff that you don't like. You do all of it. And then you create this path where you stumble into something that you like. You do it for a while and find something else probably. You land where you want to go. What do you think about the expense of college? I mean, because I've said this a few times and it just seems like it's a very expensive vacation. I mean, I'm not downplaying, you know, what college can do for you, but only if it's something that really needs that degree, right? I mean, there's other things about college that's that's great. I think the co- people you meet, the connections, but what do you think the best thing was it was for you, your experience in college? You're, you're teeing me up, man. One of my favorite things to do is rag on Rutgers about how like, how whatever it was, but it may, maybe two sides to this, like the curriculum, the learning side of things, at least in supply chain management, business school, and having to take like prerequisites. Dude, I think my senior year, I had to take a class and my final paper was on like why Carlos Bakery was a historic monument, which is fantastic, but I just didn't really care about it and I needed to do it for some reason. The curriculum in its own, I was never a fan of just having to memorize PowerPoints to like throw it back up on a test and then do well and then it's like monopoly, like Pasco, collect $200 type of thing. Except I wasn't paid. I was paying all of it. And then you forget it, right? You, you memorize it and you forget it. It wasn't applicable. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're not into it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mm-hmm. also didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that anything that I was going to do, I could have just learned on the job at that point. Unless technical like i say all the time if you're going to be a lawyer a doctor an engineer i think that stuff you absolutely there's technicalities to it where you just need to learn you can absolutely say the same for business no doubt but in my experience i didn't learn much about business i learned about like what is the 3pl stand (laughs) presentation skills in a little bit which are also very important which is which is which is yep on the flip side, though, what I will say I learned in college was high level what networking and connecting with people was. I often rag on Rutgers because it was, in my opinion, it was so like poorly managed, especially I sorry, I later transferred to Rutgers, New Brunswick, played club soccer and had the big division one experience. And like the, the best uh, example I have is they had this bus system that ran between the five campuses and there was like an app where I could like track the bus. So if I had class at 3.30, I'd get there early. It takes this long. I'll get there then. The app was like never right. And it was like the bus to get on was literally packed with people like this. Big. And a bus would come and you couldn't get on it. Like the door would open. Kids would almost fall out of it. And they'd look at you. And they're like, you're not getting on here, bro. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, how am I going to get to class? And you almost, it really built like this figure it out muscle of like, I can't totally rely on this to get to class or I can't rely on this teacher to teach me what I need to learn for the exam because they're teaching me nonsense, but the exam tells this. So it was, it was almost, it taught you a lot about figuring it out and being self-sufficient, which that alone, man, was a huge learning. Totally. Yeah. Self-sufficiency and just being away from home, you can learn that many places. Uh, but yeah, I, listen, it's a great experience, but as far as what that does for one's future career, I've uh, mixed feelings and, and a lot of these episodes, we, we dive deep, you know? 
And it's tricky, man. I, I love hearing both sides of it because you hear a dude like a like Cuban talks about it quite a bit. He's like, dude, I went to you went to Indiana, and he talks about like as a business owner, like you need to learn accounting, you need to learn this. And I absolutely agree with that. I thought accounting was so boring, funny enough. But my experience, and maybe I could have paid attention a little bit more. I don't think I learned all too much about true business, but I've learned more in two years of running a business. I learned more than six months of running the business when I first started. I did like four years of like business school for me, right? Everyone's got a different experience, but for me, it was it was very skewed. If anyone has taken that leap to try to build a business, they're, they're, they 99% of them are going to agree with, you know, you having to dive fast. in to learn. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you learn so much and you realize how much you did not learn, you know, in, in the college experience. I mean, I needed my degree for, I, I took engineering. I needed that for my job. I mean, I, I, I did. And so, you know, I took the path and I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm, that, that was, that was all good. But I just see some of these kids that just go to go because parents are pushing them, whatever the reason. And then just the burden of the costs, that's just something that, you know, I'm passionate about, which, which led me to this podcast creation is there's alternatives. There's, there's crazy amount of alternatives, you know, tradesmanship, entrepreneurship, which is what this, you know, podcast is all about. But leading to, after college, did you start at Napa? Is that where you started your first? No. So Napa, funny enough, was one of like the best gigs in the world, man. So Napa in, in like Island, New Jersey or Colonia, I guess, where I'm from, um, is owned by a good buddy of mine because he's one of my dad's best friends. Uh, so, so Big Ed owns Colonia Napa. And through college, he always needed like delivery driver help. Right? So I would always come home from school. I would drive for however many hours I wanted slash could. He'd pay me say like 20 bucks an hour cash. But like listen to Z100 and like go deliver auto parts to different shops around town, come back, load. I'd like clean up the warehouse, I'd restock the warehouse, all that jazz. In college, that was my... During college is when you worked. You doing college is when you were working there? That was when I worked there. And then I had another gig in college where I was a brokerage coordinator at a third-party logistics company. So it was um, like a startup branch of a little bit more of an established 3PL that was looking to get into brokerage services. So I was planning, basically, I was trying to build a whole book of business of connecting Larry's Lemons with Nick's trucking and being like, hey, you got to pay us this and I'm going to connect you with them. And dude, cold calling, sales, getting told to kick rocks on the phone. What an awesome experience. And that was the majority of college before I got like a true internship that led to the job that I got after college. Got it. Yeah, I see you were Continental Logistics, which is the time frame is what you're saying. Yep, between 2017 and 18, and then your first intern position, which which is a huge company, BASF Supply Chain PDP intern. Talk a little bit about that experience. So that was cool, man. That was a really cool intro to like we'll call corporate America, I guess. Yeah. So the uh, the PDP program at BASF is the Professional Development Program, where they basically so like they they interview a handful of folks and they take X to be in this program. I think that's more groomed towards like, hey, like we want you guys to be the leadership at some point in this company. So by design is a neat program. It's two years and for you have three rotations, I think, in different states doing different roles. And you basically get like a list every rotation where you can pick where you want to go from what's okay. available. 
and what you want to do. So for me, well, that was really a little bit post-grad. When I was interning, I did this in New Jersey at their North American HQ at Florham Park, which is a cool experience. I learned a lot about networking, meeting people, what working in like an office was like. Um, that was fun. And then when I graduated, I was lucky enough to have a um, basically a job lined up from the internship. But it was funny what switched from junior year to senior year. Junior year, I was stoked to have this internship. I hmm. did it. It was fun. And then by senior year, I knew I was going to work. I was I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina to pick up this new role. And before I even left, I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> I don't know what switch happened, uh, but I was like, this is boring. Uh, but given the opportunity to live in Raleigh, North Carolina for eight months, um, the work was all right. And at that point in time, I really dove headfirst into endurance sports training and fitness and self-help development, all that fun stuff, reading, podcasting. When yeah. I first stumbled into BYLR, funny enough. Mm -hmm. um, and my day legit, man, the workload was not all too much. So I would, um, it's funny to even talk about. It. I would, I would bike to work basically mm -hmm. the whole day. I'd listen to podcasts. I yeah. download books. like the workload wow. was not that I would do my stuff when I had like the whole day to myself, mm -hmm. I would work out on my lunch break. I would go back to reading books or podcasting or like look on LinkedIn for stuff. And I'd ride my bike home, just working out and like reading and downloading all this good stuff all the time. And that was for about, I think, eight months, eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. Then moved again, ended up leaving that job to another one. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll probably pick that up a little bit. But that, that was the gist of BASF. It was, it was a cool experience, man. I learned a lot about myself in that yeah. process. Because yeah. I'd say to anyone who gives me the time of day, particularly like my younger cousins or anyone, even in general, they don't even have to be younger. Like, you're going to do stuff that you don't like. But I think like McConaughey has a, a pretty interesting quote on like it's hard to learn who you are but it's much easier to learn who you're not you can do things and have experiences and be like i don't like that i like that's boring like and like you have to do it to know that so then you do it for a little bit and when you're doing it you're like yeah this isn't forever but like you're getting paid to learn not a bad deal and then you can go figure something else out and make a leap laterally, make a leap forwardly, make a leap backwards, whatever you want to define it as, but just make a jump, find something else, try something else, and then see how I like it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Trial and error, right? And and during that time where you got into the podcasting world, you're listening, you're reading, you're you're growing, essentially. Do you, do you think that's when you found out that you have that entrepreneur spirit and love, or did you know before that? Dude, that's a good question, man. I think about that every now and again. I don't know. I don't think so. And very honestly, growing up, I never considered myself as an entrepreneur. I never thought about it. I thought I'd just get a job, have the job, get paid, have a like, like they're very like go to college, graduate, get a job, get married, have kids, try to get promoted, and all that fun stuff. And we'll we'll get to the genesis of the garage gym story. I imagine a little bit later, but I don't think so, man. I think reading and podcasting and like looking into people like Jesse or looking into people, any of the number of the entrepreneurs and business owners that I have come to now learn about and um, read into, it just made it tangible. So for me, it was, I was like, well, that's a thing. Like I didn't even, like I knew people owned stuff, but for me, it was just, I'm just, I got a job. I got a job. I want to work out. I got a job. I want to work out. I got a job. I want to work out. It's like all I want to do. Um, it made it tangible. So I was like, wait, people do that? Someone's got to 
own the building that I'm working in or someone's got to build the building that I'm working in. Someone's got to own the Atlanta Hawks. Someone's got to make this thing that I bought for myself. Like, someone got, like, why can't I do it? So I think maybe it started sprinkling it in. But honestly, at that point in time, I was living like a monk. I would, wouldn't really spend my money on anything. I had rent. I didn't have a car or my bike everywhere. And uh, I think maybe to actually answer your question, I was just like stockpiling cash. Cause like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to just blow my money on silly stuff. So pack it away, invest into myself, purchase the BYLR course, go do things, maybe sign up for a race, learn about yourself that way. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think probably deep down, but it never really clicked until a couple years later. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. You know, talking about BYLR and Jesse Itzler, you know, which is ultimately how we met at his coaching program and event. I just saw something on Instagram today, a quote that he, you know, his little, little video clip that he put out there about why he runs a hundred miler, like why he has done it. And, uh, just as far as, you know, when people quit, like, you know, they get to 30, 40 miles and they quit because of they feel a pain or whatever. And just just that mental toughness and pushing through, you know, and and, you know, and why he's as successful as he is. You know, he just he you know, he's like, hey, I, it hurt. It hurt all over. But he, you know, and, and he <laughs> says he says you don't have to run it. You know, you can walk it. You just keep moving. Just keep going, which is huge for us entrepreneurs that, you know my biggest thing is don't look back. Don't, don't quit. Just keep going because even when it gets bad, it's going to get better. If you continue to. Dude, you, you are preaching to the choir. And I think this is part of the reason why we click so well when we originally met when we did. It's funny, the puzzled look on people's faces that I get when they talk about anything, but I, I have such a deep love appreciation and like repetition, like literally just having done 100-mile races, 50-mile races, two-day races, especially in the ultra-endurance world, where like I say I've, I've done a 100-mile run or race, and I get home, and someone is like, dude, like, how did you do that? I'm like, dude, left foot, right foot, bro. <laughs> like, it's, let's keep it simple. It's, I say all the time, I said, it's not easy, but it's simple. I said, if it's easy, everyone would do it. I genuinely believe everyone can, right? They just take some water work. I do, too. Yep. It's simple, man. On in the Where, grand where's the work though, mainly, right? Exactly. Upstairs. Right, right here. 100%. Upstairs. Yep. I say all the time, running a hundred miles is one of the simplest things you can do. Running a business is complicated. <laughs> an employee, you gotta send this podcast out mm. to a third party and they edit it and they spice yes. back, you gotta review it, and you gotta make it like dude, I give me some water, mm. my life shoes. If I'm doing a race with aid stations, I don't have to bring that much. Yeah. I don't. I can leave my phone over there, dude. I'm yeah, just, no emails, no personalities. You and your own self, dude. It's simple, but it's very difficult, right? And that's where I think a lot of people 
will get it misconstrued because to your yeah. point, like, if you just keep going forward, man, like you're going to get like the TV's yeah. right over there. Yeah. I can jump. I could crawl. I could sprint. I could like, but with enough time, like you'll finish the race. You'll get to 50 podcasts. You'll insert whatever you want to do. It's just a day in or day of repeated action, man. Love it, man. I've been chasing hard things now for about nine years and, and, you know, building, building my business and, and new businesses. And, and I just want to continue to push to do hard things. Like I mentioned to you before the recording, I'm doing my first 50 K and end of October, which for people who don't know what a 50 K is, it's, it's 31 miles. It's I think 31.06 exactly, which is nothing compared to what, what you've done. And, but that's like a big step for me. I did a marathon and now I want to go a little further and, and I have a triathlon too. Um, actually, in a couple of weeks, it's a it's a sprint though. We do. It's a sprint. It's a sprint. Yeah, yeah it's a sprint. But my, it's my first one. I and mean, I just yeah, I think back and I'm just like, why didn't I start a little earlier? But it's but hey, and and I tell people, listen, I I just turned fifty, and you can start anytime. You can start anytime. You just got to put the time in and train. But it's more mental than anything that I've learned. I couldn't agree more. And and one thing I always like to note, it's, it's very easy for me on the flip side to be like dude, I got like one business in two locations. Like it's nothing like what you're doing. But like hard is hard and difficult is difficult and everything is relative, right? So to your point, like, dude, doing your first 50K at 50 is, excuse my French, fucking gnarly, bro. Like no, no. It's a trail need, too. <laughs> and, and, which makes it even harder, right? Like no need to even, oh, it's not yeah. that. Because like, dude, like that is epic. For you, it's epic for me, man. Like I think it's so cool and something that I've gotten a I'm getting better at myself is putting things in perspective mm-hmm. to like, which is funny, man. Cause look, there's, there's some days with to the garage gym stuff, I'm like, Fuck, man, I was like <laughs> running a hundred miles is way easier, but it's still fucking hard. Yes, because, like, yes. I, it's like, you know, with personalities or having employees or building projects, like your world is probably unfathomable to me at this point, but you like, you've been doing it for years, man. Like you, you got that and you continue to learn every day. Um, I always just like to, to make that note, man, cause it's, it's all about perspective. Um, and to your point, the most important thing, dude, is just start, man. Like, I, I hate to say, but I don't think most people do. And if they did, man, it would change their lives in the most positive way ever for the better. Yeah. I just had this conversation. I, you know, I had a couple of meetings today and, and, you know, another entrepreneur business owner started his roofing business. Uh, I think he said he's seven years in and he worked for big companies and, and he's like, once you get over that fear that fear to just, just bet on yourself, you know, or invest in yourself, however you look at it. And he's like, I wouldn't want it any other way. And and we talked about the fear, the fear of why people don't do it. And the excuses that they make, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm too old. Like I'm over the hill. Like I can't start now, but yes, you can. You just have to make some habit changes. And I just wish, yeah, more people would give themselves credit and, and they apps, I believe anyone can do it. There's that man. And I, I recently read Winning by Tim Grover. Dude, have, have you read it? I have not, no. I thought I was competitive. And now I realize what I need to be to be actually competitive. Like, dude, like total mental reframe for the better for me. And I encourage everyone, whether, whether you're a business owner or not a business owner, um, it's, it was fantastic. And he talks about everything that you just mentioned, like people saying, oh, I'm, I'm too old. I don't have the time. Or making the excuses, whatever life, I can't speak to anyone else's life circumstances, but I am a big believer in the fact that if it's a priority, you'll make time for it. And more than I, like, I always ask myself, like, 
what would it be like if I didn't, right? Like, what if I'm, I'm fortunate where I'm 26 and I can Man. acknowledge that I'm young. I think I'm, I hate, I turned 26 and I always got pissed off. I'm like, I'm 25. And I, you are so beyond your years, brother. <laughs> I feel so, so thankful that I get to do everything that I'm doing and connect with folks like yourself and, and do all this fun stuff. And I, I often put it in my perspective as far as like, even Jeff Bezos talked about it once. He's like, I'll come to decisions and I'll, I'll shoot myself out to 90 years old when I probably can't do whatever I'm contemplating I'm going to do. And 90 year old Kieran or 95 year old Nick would be like, would I wish I had done that? Would I wish I had swallowed my ego, faced my fear? I just fucking did it, man. Like, just give it a go. Like, you don't want on the flip side of, I don't have time. I don't want to, I'm scared. All very valid things, but like, imagine the regret of not at least trying, man. Like, give it a go. If you fall on your face, I do it every single day. I you fall on my, you learn from it, um, and then you parlay that with one of my favorite quotes ever. Something like, people spend most of their lives thinking about what other people think about them, just to realize never thought about them at all. Like, dude, give it a go. Everyone's so busy with what they have going on. Nobody's thinking about you, you know, unless they're obsessed with you and following you on social media or whatever. But, oh, man, dude, I was so looking forward to. You got eyes. You got eyes. You got got fans. (laughs) (laughs) I was so looking forward to this conversation because um, your energy is is contagious and uh, I love what you're doing. And just back to what little bit what we just talked about, like when people say they don't have time, that goes up up my crawl. And I stopped using that, you know, I don't know, a decade ago, because when you say you don't have time, you're basically saying it's not a priority for you. That's all all you're saying. You can make the time to do anything you want to do if you truly want to do it. That point, man, and I think you'll agree with this largely because I I think I, I took this really heavily from Chad Wright and Jesse speaking about like the words that you speak matter. And it's funny, dude, like you talk to, especially my girlfriend who I'm just closest with, I'll like, she'll say some stuff. I'm like, don't say that. She's like, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm like, listen, you can call me crazy, but the words that you speak matter, right? It's something that you think is insignificant or something that is actually significant. And it's, it's calm. I've almost blown it out of proportion, dude. Like people, I, I got a call from my buddy and my buddy kind of knows the drill, but especially with people I was talking with, a lady that we were looking at an SBA loan with. And uh, she gave me a ring. She said, hi, Karen. I said, hey, how you doing? She said, oh, I'm doing good. How are you? And I said something like, I'm doing fantastic. Very, like, very normal answers. And she goes, wow. I'm like, what's up? She was like, that's such a good answer. I'm like, that <laughs> was the best day ever. I have to have a pick up the phone. Yeah. Like, having the best day ever, man. What are you doing? And you just finished a hundred mile run. You're, you're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you, you speak positive things into existence yeah. and you, you don't mm-hmm. let negative stuff at least come out of your mouth. It's inevitable that it's going to come in and maybe sometimes you got to let it out just to let, release the pressure of it out. But for the most part, man, something that I take insanely serious is truly like the words that I'm speaking with you, with anyone, and it almost sometimes more importantly to myself. To dude. yourself is it the most important. And out, dude, yes. Is the most important. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude. The thoughts you think, oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've had those conversations too about your, your words matter, man. And to how they come out to, to whoever you're speaking with, you got to just watch that 
negative, negative down talk. Yeah, man. So before we get into the garage, Jim, so you're doing some digital, you're a digital identity specialist currently. How'd you get into that? So I still technically work full time remotely in software sales. Um, and this is a cool story. I think this is, I can draw it back for folks interested in more of like the, the networking connecting side of things. So when I was working at BASF, long story short, I wasn't the biggest fan. It was pretty boring, but I had a pretty cool gig where I got paid to like read all day, basically. <laughs> like it was not that bad. It was like, I got to do most of what I wanted to do. I did my job. It was easy enough. And I was looking into uh, the Navy, Navy SEAL type stuff. And there was this whole YouTube series on, I forget what class it was, but like a, a BUDS class. So if folks not familiar, BUDS is training for Navy SEALs they have to go through. And somehow they documented the whole thing and put it on YouTube. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I got to, I just watched all of it. They're like doing push-ups and pull-ups and carrying boats and moving logs and jumping in the water, going on swims. And um, I watched the whole thing, was very, very interested in all of it. And on the last video, I think I remember seeing someone in the comments posting like, oh, where are they now? Like, where are these guys who, this class, like what they went up to and I just scrolled through real quick and I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina at the time. And I clicked into this guy who happened to live in Durham, North Carolina. And I'm like, get out of here. So I, I found him on LinkedIn and LinkedIn at that time, like I didn't have LinkedIn premium or sales navigator. It blessed me with like one free in mail. And with an in mail on LinkedIn, you can like shoot someone basically a direct message that you normally can't do unless you pay for it. And I shot this guy, I really just thought out note of, Hey man, like, Saw all of this, was super cool, was very interested in learning more about the Navy, the SEALs, all this jazz. I said, would love 15 minutes to talk on the phone. We ended up talking on the phone. He's nice enough to, to extend his arm. We, we had a really nice conversation, and he knew that I was in a different part of North Carolina. He said, oh, you should go talk to my buddy, Matt. He's a Naval Academy guy. He did this. Very cool. Whatever. I ended up meeting with my buddy, Matt. We talked about books, podcasting, life, family, all of the above. And then I actually moved back home to New Jersey. COVID hit. We kept in touch. And long story short, he said, hey, man, like, you should just come work for us. You don't like your BASF thing. Like, you're into sales. Like, come work for us. And never at any point did we actually talk about what Matt did for work. We were so consumed with, like, life and, like, growing out. I'm like, dude, I was like, what the heck do you even do, man? We didn't talk about that. He said, ah, like, here's a website. Go check it out. And at that point, I was, like, I was super bored with BASF. Matt seemed like a really good dude. I trusted his judgment. I was like, Let's, let's give it a go, man. I was like, I was like yeah, dude, like, set me up with a call with like whoever I have to speak to and we'll go from there. And mind you, I think at this point, the company was like just over 20 people big. So it was a very small company. Was able to get the attention, three interviews, landed this job, was employee 25. It's a company called Global Data Consortium. Very fun little crew. It sold identity verification software. And we'll dive into the weeds of that, but it was software. So that's how I got into that role. We were then later... Uh, acquired by the London Stock Exchange last year. So we acquired by the London Stock Exchange. We're technically at work now. Uh, very flexible, very remote, and allows me to do the garage next to... Well, I do the garage way that I do now. So that's how I ended up in this software tech world, which is hilarious. Because have you asked Kieran at 20-whatever, before I started, that I'd be working in tech? I don't even know. I would have known that tech stood for technology. I'm not even... Exactly. I had to ask how you, yeah, just, just looking at the, uh, 
you know, the path had to end up there. But hey, as long as you're enjoying it to some degree and allows you to do the things you love to do, which leads us to what you're building. The garage gym, which you have one in Westfield, New Jersey, and one coming out this year in Little Silver, New Jersey. When is that coming? Hopefully next month. Uh, cross, and I'm going to start speaking your language. We're looking to get rough inspections done next week, and then we'll uh, we'll press the gas and hopefully just check the boxes that we need and get open end of September, dude. And how is that you going to manage that? You're going to put managers in place, or are you guys splitting time with the locations? Or so by design, man, the garage is very hands off. It's a really special place where maybe I'll rewind and I'll, I'll start high level. So. The garage to its core is a 24-7 access fitness facility really built for folks tired of the overcrowded, crummy commercial gym experience. Right, So we'll limit the number of members that we accept so it's never overcrowded. We tour every single member before they can actually accept membership to join. So that way, there's a vetting process. Basically, Nick can just sign up for the garage and go in. <laughs> Literally, for better or for worse, I was booking a couple tours earlier today. I have to connect with Nick on the phone, say, hey, brother, what, what are you looking to have access to and accomplish? How can we assist? Is this a fit? We meet at the facility. We shake hands. We walk through and we say, what do you think? You in? You're in? Cool. Now we know each other. You get the vibe of what we're doing. We bring in to the best of our ability the best people that are willing to come in for a tour of a gym. As you told me three years ago, I was going to join a gym. I got to come in for a tour. I'm like, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> So we vet the folks that we come in and it really runs itself, dude. So we don't have any staff. Me and my, my business partner, Sam, we run it ourselves and um, members come and go 24-7. They train the way they want on their own time, however they like. Christmas Day, Easter morning, 2 a.m., 2 p.m. We use a, an app on our phone, both the access. And then we have the Garage Gym app where folks can access programming. We do have our communication through, but it really runs it by itself. Um, so- the only- so did, you, did they just have like an access code to get in? It's locked all the time kind of thing or? Yeah, door automatically locks. We use an app called Open Path. Um, basically, I manually add after the tour, after the purchase, manually add Nick to the platform. You go up to the door, you go beep, and you walk in. Now, how do you manage someone else like coming in with them or whatever? Like I obviously have cameras, I would assume, and they're risking their membership, I would assume, right? If they do something like that. Yeah, and listen, man, it's... So A, A, cameras everywhere. B, we also have trainers who rent the facility from us to train independently out of. And they're kind of our eyes and ears. They're employees that, in like a funny way, like pay us. Like we don't have to pay them uh, because they rent from us. And we, we've just, A, structured both the, the deals, right? Like how much they pay in rent and the relationship that we have to make it fantastic for both sides, quite frankly. So it is amazing, dude, when I get text messages from members or trainers saying how annoyed they were that someone left their stuff out. And again, people leaving their stuff out isn't the best thing in the world. But on the flip side, A, it doesn't happen that much. B, the fact that someone who's not the owner is not invested in the gym as, as well um, is taking that much pride in the facility. And the tidiness and the cleanliness and the community and this this thing that we have for them to get annoyed, like, dude, like, oh, I clean up after them, which I always do, but like, I can't believe they left it out. It's fantastic, man. So to your actual question, we absolutely extend a lot of trust with the folks that we interview and allow access. 
if someone brought in someone and worked out and went home and didn't tell me, would I know? Honestly, maybe because the trainers are there. They know everyone who goes there. But it's funny, man. Even like my girlfriend was asking, we sell like a couple some merchandise in the gym right now while we're building Shopify. And I'll just leave it out. And I'll, like everyone knows, they'll just like text me. We'll get it going. And she's like, aren't you worried that people are going to take this? I'm like, honestly, not at all. Like we're bringing in just the best of the best people who, again, they see something left out, they clean it up and they let me know like how, or like they take a piece of merchandise. Like, Yo, dude, how do I get this? I want to get one for my girlfriend too. By the way, can I bring her in for a day pass? What do we do? It's just people, man. Like bringing in the right people. Nothing is perfect. I don't mean to speak rainbows and unicorns over here, but you bring in the right people, man, they'll treat this facility as their own. And then even better, they're looking for a home to train in, right? They're not going to come in for a month and be. So that in its own, in limiting the number of members that we accept, hypothetically, when we get to our membership cap at 200 members. You, you stop, you cap. You build a wait list. You have folks who want to get in, but they've got to wait for someone to leave. And you get the right people in there. Now, also, I'm there like twice a day. I train twice a day there. I'm always doing tours. I'm always around. Little Silver's right down the road. With two locations, it works fantastic as it is. With three, four, five, you get into the manager, you get into the local person. We're not there yet, but right now that's how it lives. Love it, man. Love the idea. And the word you used earlier, you said community. And that's basically what you're building. You're building a community of quality people, and, you know, like-minded individuals, it sounds. And and uh, it sounds sounds amazing. I got to check it out. I got to come I was going to say, man, we got to get you out here, man. I say all the time, especially on tours, just because I'm meeting someone for the first time, which is so much fun. In theory, man, like anyone could do this, right? You get a facility, you make it look really cool. <laughs> you get some materials on the wall. You accent the black with silver gray plating. You get cool power acts. You get custom brand dumbbells. It's not rocket science. My partner, Sam, does a lot of the design stuff. He's a genius, but it is pretty straightforward. The thing that makes this place go around is the community of people that inhabit it. Because if you get the right people, it's the best thing in the world. If you don't have that sense of community, it's, it is just like a nicer, another gym, right? Which is awesome. And I say all the time for folks who come in for tours, this gym is perfect, particularly for two types of people. They can also be the same sometimes. Individual that has 30 minutes. Their kid is already crying. They have a meeting in an hour. They have two days or whatever. Like they're just busy. They don't have time to talk. They want to get in. They want to train and they want to get out. It's not going to be crowded. It's going to be clean. No one's going to pester you for anything and you can do your stuff. Or the individual more often than not like myself who's just spent an absorbent amount of time there. Getting to know Nick's life story, what his youth child's dog was. Everything, man. And you have that because, again, the people there are just those high-caliber types of folks. They're willing to come in for a tour. But I think that says a lot about an individual who's willing to spend 200 bucks a month on a gym membership. So it's definitely higher end coming for a tour, right? Like, they're committed, right? And those folks jive as well. And then you just – it blooms into this awesome facility. Yeah, they want to see uh, the uh, the sauna and the ice bath. Isn't that in the works or is it already there? In Little Silver, we're going to have 
a separate area for sauna, cold plunge, well, normal that's, technique. No, that's area. where I'm coming. Yeah. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait, dude. I can't wait. <laughs> I just had a uh, an outdoor sauna I just built. It was like a DIY kit from medical saunas. A couple of UFC guys, they they promote it and they, you know, they put it out there and my electrician's coming tomorrow to, to get the thing finished <laughs> up, man. Get that thing fired Sweet, up right bro. next to the ice bath, man. You still yeah. got that, that freezer tub? Freezer tub, freezer chest. Yep. And uh, I kept it outside and I just been covering it and it's, I'm going on two years now and, and it's, it stays at 39 degrees, man. That's legit. I, that, that's where I, that's where I set it. I could set it lower, but, and then I keep the pool open. I think, you know, you know, during yeah. the winter. So I'll shut that down and wintertime, the, the pool just <laughs> runs and it's in the thirties, man. It's, it's sweet. That's gnarly. Love that. Sweet. Good stuff. So where do you think you're headed? I know that you, you said you want to continue, continue to keep, you know, building these all over New Jersey, other States. Where's your head at with that? Listen, man, I think back to, we, we talked a little bit about like Itzler's why with his running and like how he's able to finish because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not so like I'm just doing a race. Like there's something deeper than that. I think the best story I can, I love to try to answer stuff in stories. I think just it paints a way better picture than an answer I'll give. The best story I can give, and I'll make as condensed as I can, is my friend Melissa. So Melissa reached out to the garage gym on Instagram. She says, hey, I see your stuff. Can I come in for a tour? I said, let's do it. We met the facility. And by all accounts, I think she was just looking for a gym, right? Like there's nothing that's fantastic. Some weights, some treadmills, some stuff. Just break a sweat, get in, get out, gym. Um, then when she came, she came to the garage, right? And the garage is a special place, man. It is filled with these awesome people. It's also filled with a lot of really unique characters, myself included. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies, Joe, um, is like, we're lucky if we can get him to wear shorts, basically. <laughs> like, he's, he, I love the kid. And uh, at, at the garage, like there's really, I tell everyone, there's really not many rules. Like, be a good citizen. Don't one rep max if you're alone. Like, put your stuff away. But I'm barefoot a lot of the time. I love being barefoot. It's part of the reason why we get the, the space clean so professionally. There's no rules when it comes to shirts. Half the time I get in the door before I even start my warm up my shirts off just because we can. So Joe, a lot of the time, is just walking around in like a kind of like ranger panties. You familiar with like the, like the ranger shorts, like the, the military uh, silks, I think mean, they're, they're called. And they've got like a screaming bald eagle on the front. They're funny, man. And on our Instagram, we used to be very consistent with it. Uh, we have like a vlog. And it's we love the professional content of events and training and all the stuff that we do. We also just love the really intimate, like pull out your phone, like Sam's over there, like put them on the spot, have some fun type stuff. And Joe is frequently on it, like in these shorts. So Melissa's in on our tour and she literally looks around. She goes, this place is real. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? We're not <laughs> fake. There's no, like, it's like, that's Joe. Like, He's in the shorts and like he's barefoot and she was like, I mean, and it was, it was so funny how it was like, again, like more than a gym, right? Like we, we like talking about the stuff. We like promoting our people. Long story short, Melissa ended up joining the gym. A lot of folks at the garage are training for this race called High Rocks. High Rocks is a race series where you are running and you've got to be strong enough to move some weight and basically run station, run station, round around. It's on the rise. It's super hot and a lot of folks are getting into it. But it's also like very foreign to a lot of people who have never heard about it before. But a lot of people at the garage are doing it. We've got this whiteboard workouts where there's always just stuff written down. 
of workouts that I've done, workouts that Sam has done, workouts that, workouts that anyone has done. Anyone who gives me the time of day, I'm like, you should do a high rise. It's it's an it's like doing a 50k. It's an awesome test. It gives you something to train for, and anyone can do it. Truly, uh, I talked to her a couple times. She's now nah, I got to work on the running. I don't want to do it. I said, Melissa, you should try high rocks. It'd be awesome. Nah. She started doing the whiteboard workouts. She I taught I touched base with her once afterwards. She's like, Karen, that was horrible. I'm like, I know, right? She's like, I know it was horrible. Like, like excitedly, that was the worst workout ever. Um. And fast forward, she signed up and she did High Rock Chicago. So she flew out to Chicago to do High Rocks by herself. Um, I remember seeing her in the event, like looking around and being like, what the fuck? It's a hard event, man, for everyone, but everyone can also do it. And she ended up finishing the race. I think she had already signed up for another one at that point. And she talks about how she was at that inflection point in the event where she's like, dude, I almost quit, dude. Like, what am I doing? I almost quit. And then she like literally she she thought about her kids and, her, and she flew to Chicago. I thought about going home to my kids and be like, yeah, man, mom flew to Chicago and didn't finish the race. She's like, I had to finish it. And that's right there. Individual who comes in ready for a gym, who like finds something to latch on to, high rocks, 50K, whatever, further has these people that she now trains with weekly out of the garage that do these workouts. And then flew to Chicago and, and came back and you do an event like that. And I'm sure you can relate in the endurance world with a driveway to hell with a 50K. And it sounds cheesy, but I think it'll only sound cheesy for folks who haven't yet done stuff like it. You come back different, man. You're not the same after these types of events as you are before. Never will be, man. And, and for us, long-winded answer now with the garage is bottling that, dude. And however many people we can provide that experience for, provide the platform for, provide the community of individuals to come together. Like, like that's it. Like, this, like if we do that right and we do it in a way that's never overcrowded, it's always clean, like our core values remain intact, which I'm violent in adhering to, <laughs> that's the plan, dude. So whether that's two, I, I definitely know we're going to build another one after a little slower, but like, However, we can responsibly do that to ensure that the qualities of it always there and ensure that we give people the opportunity to get out of their comfort zones, connect with like-minded individuals, and truly do things that they never thought possible. That Whatever that looks like, I am the happiest guy. Love it. So good, dude. So good. Good shit, man. So outside of the garage gym, what do you? What else are you passionate about? Anything else like outside of endurance? Like is it anything? Is, no, it all, is it all endurance? I'm. Um, <laughs> I think I. I okay, love not the, passionate. Like maybe like a little bit. <laughs> I'm. The, I, I got. A lot, I love hanging out with my family. I've loved. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to help you a little bit. <laughs> it, it was beautiful, but I think underlying everything that I do very genuinely. I've heard a quote one time, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it was something like, like what a waste it would be if man or woman goes through life and like didn't recognize or exceed their potential. Like yeah. you hear folks like David Goggins and Ed Milet talk about this thing about like yeah. when you die, whatever religion or God or not God you believe in, like you like, you come face to face with the guy or the girl that like you could have been. Could have been. Yeah. And like the game plan is be like so much yeah. <laughs> better than that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that quote. Love it. In business, in relationships, everything. Like just 
completely wringing it out, putting myself consistently, to your point earlier, man, in uncomfortable, hard situations and learn about yourself in the because process. Because that's how you grow, man. That's how you grow. You can't just keep doing the same things. And, and yeah, man, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So if you were to talk to a young man, young woman, no matter where they're at in their career or even pre-career, you know, before making a college decision, finishing the college, you know, degree, starting college, not finishing it in a profession they don't love. If you were to to talk to them about finding something that they're passionate about, whether it's entrepreneurship or just what would your you know advice be for them just to find where their heart really wants to be, where their passion is so they can go after it? It's tough, man. And something that I even need to get better at reminding myself daily is I think a lot of the the advice, like find something you're passionate about, find something that you love. I don't, never work again in life. I, I see the value in it, but it's also really hard yeah. to tell my 18-year-old cousin, like, dude, just find something that you love and just do it. Because listen, I love the garage, but there's also going to be other things. Like yeah. the garage isn't forever, forever. Like we're going to do it. We're going to max it out. We're going to do it right. And then there'll probably be another thing or stuff in tandem, right? For me, it's always about reminding myself at the expense of sounding callous, like especially if you're doing stuff that you don't like really, really, really don't like, like you're going to die one day. And before you die, we hope that you look back on a life that was well-lived, full of beautiful relationships, full of whatever success means to Nick, whatever success means to Kieran. Um, and when you get into situations where you're like, like, Ugh, this again, or like, I hate this, I don't want to do it. Like, remind yourself that like, you have the power to change, to try something else. And having that power like is going to be difficult. I think the, the biggest thing to understand that again, I remind myself every day, anything worthwhile having is probably really hard to come by. And that comes with work. It work. comes with putting yourself out there. It comes with being really uncomfortable probably on a consistent basis, both physically, mentally, emotionally, you name it. Um, and just, and maybe trying to paint that picture all while saying, it's also important to do things that you don't like. <laughs> I don't mean to say that as like the young millennial, like just, yeah. just stop doing anything that you don't like. There's parts of the garage that I can't, that I don't like doing, but it's an, it's a necessity to do the things that we want to do until we can hire someone to do it. Right. Yeah. Different conversation. Yeah. Um, yep. something that I've also just told my little cousin is like work hard and be nice. Like yeah. it'll, things have a funny way. I like to think of, of working out for good people who work hard and, and do the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Figure it out every yeah. day. Man. Yeah, man. That attitude, like, you know, to be a nice attitude is, is, is huge in, in any, anything. Yeah. I mean, in, listen, in, in, you're the 49th episode and in the 40 some odd interviews I've had, a common goal is to really just experience many things, try new things. Don't get stuck in one and think that's the only thing that, you know, because you have a degree in that, you need to do that. If you're not happy, you got to try new things and experience new things. And then, you know, you, you, you're more than likely going to find it if you just keep trying new things. And I think to that point, something that it just brought up to me 
you don't even have to try new things, man. You can listen yeah. to the podcasts of people who've tried new, like that's True. how I learned so yeah. much from stuff. Like I didn't have to do a lot of stuff that I'm doing now to learn that like people are entrepreneurs. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, people invest in themselves and they put money into businesses and they mm-hmm. can get a scale loan if they have an idea. Like what the fuck? I, <laughs> I didn't even know that world existed, man. Like mm-hmm. I think maybe even that is, a, is we'll toss that on there as well. Like, find things that light you up and, and you up. Them out. I love it. Whatever, what, like find things that light you up and seek them out um, and give it a go. And I, I always like to preface, I hate giving advice, man. I'm 26. I don't know anything, but I will speak on some of the things that you I know have a lot. Had success mm-hmm. doing and enjoyed. Maybe that's the bit there is find stuff that truly lights you up. Even if it's just for now and do it until it doesn't light you up anymore and then find something else that lights you up and, and figure yeah. it out along the way. Or maybe you find something that lights you up like yourself and you do it for years and years and, yeah. and you found it, man. And you just stack on yeah. top, surround yourself with other people who do the same, find stuff that lights you up and double down. Yeah, brother. You're <laughs> beyond your years. 26 going on 46 up here, up here, up here, not physically, up here. Because <laughs> I get to hang out with smart guys like you. Physically, man, you're a beast. <laughs> I can't wait to come check your check your facilities Please, out. Man. If you want to share your, your website information, your social media for anyone that wants to connect with the garage, Jim and yourself. Yeah, man, I, I was going to say, I, I always, I love the premise of your podcast. I really do. Okay. I think it's so important especially I say, especially the younger folks, just because I may have a soft heart for you, just younger people, but for anyone, right? To your point, like you're doing things at 50 that you've never done before until you're 50. It is never too late to try something new. Mm -hmm. And if I can ever be a resource to anyone in questions, comments, concerns, thinking about this, doing this, how did like, I'm an open book. My personal Instagram is Kieran W one, two, three, one. The garage Instagram is the dot garage gym. Yeah, the duck question. Feel free to, to toss my email out in the, the notes. Extend the folks that they have. Like, please reach out. Questions, comments, concerns, thoughts. I love this stuff, dude. It is so cool. I don't even want to say helping, like, people helping each other. Like, yeah. when you have the chance to, to have a conversation like this, yeah. both of us leave energized. Yeah, Hopefully, uh, something else up from it. Totally and if I can continue to help, dude, it is, it is a privilege. Wow, oh, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I can't wait to connect again. I'll see you on the socials, I'm sure. Hey, brother. Good seeing you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.